Welcome to another week of The Bible Boys. It's so good to be together, to catch up uh, on our weeks, and most importantly, to get into the Bible, which is what we're all about because we are the Bible Boys. We are the Bible Boys. After all. So I'm going to open up my Bible. Um, James, I want to know from you, what have you been reading lately? What have you been thinking about from the Bible? The Bible. We are the Bible Boys. Let's open up to Judges. Okay. Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. Judges 6. Judges 6. I'm in Joshua. Now, why is it called Judges? Because there are a bunch of Judges that are in the book. Right. Unless I'm missing something. Bunch of, like, are they like Judge Judy's? Uh, <laughs> I wish they were Judge Judy's. <laughs> she is the real American hero. She is. What were, what, so what, like, what were, if someone comes to you and is like, what, what were the judges? Yes. If not, like, court judges. Yes. What, what were they, what were their role? Well, they were rescuers. They were military rescuers who rescued um, Israel from uh, foreign powers and oppressors. Um, and so they uh, were empowered by God's Spirit and they uh, were sent in response to the call of the Israelites and they went out and fought and liberated Israel again and again and again. Cool. Anyway, okay. that's what I think. What do you think about that? I, I, I think that's right. I, th- um, I guess like the idea of judging is like, you know, um, trying to kind of uh, assess the state of Israel or assess like yeah, the yeah, that's a good point um, yeah. you know are they aligned with God and, and to, almost like a prophet in that yes. sense to, yes you know, I don't know if you'd call the judges prophets do you know what I mean yeah interesting so are they are they prophets um, maybe maybe they're prophets yeah I think so maybe um, they have a so if you think about what prophets do right prophets have two roles. One is foretelling, so telling the future. Mm. One is forthtelling, which is actually um, communicating God's will mm. to the people. So they're sort of like mediators between God and humans. Yes. I guess so. I think there's a sense in which they're prophets in that they're sent by God to show that God is there to liberate <laughs> yes. them. Maybe. So, something to Google. I'm, I'm going to Google that later. Yeah, that's right. yeah. Anyway, anyway, Judges yeah. 6, what you got? Judges chapter 6. Um, oh, sorry, Judges chapter 5. Oh, hello. That's, that's what I was Not trying Gideon? to get to. Not Gideon, the song, the song of Deborah. Oh, Deborah. Ah, Deborah. There was a girl named Deborah at school uh, when I was in high school, and um, some of us would say Deborah. Deborah. <laughs> anyway. When Maybe I was, in the Hebrew it's like... <laughs> Maybe. Deborah. Ah, oh, Deborah. Are you going to be doing Hebrew at college? Yeah, I'm going to do Hebrew. Cool, so you can tell me. That's yeah, the first I, thing I, you got to do. I'm going to put my hand up and say, how do you pronounce... Deborah. Anyway, so the song, this is an amazing song, Judges chapter 5, and it comes after there's been this liberation from the king of the Canaanites in chapter 4. So Deborah, who was a prophet actually, chapter 4, verse 4, the text explicitly says Deborah was a prophet. Um, What we see is there's this scene that could be in any of these period drama TV shows like a, a nail being thrust through the skull of a particular person, like a gruesome death. And then in chapter 5 of Judges, we see the song, the song of Deborah, um, singing about uh, the God who rescues um, and, and this military victory as well. 
And I guess, to be honest, when I was reading this chapter, um, looking at this song, l- let me read some parts of it. So verse one, on that day, Deborah and Barak, son of Abinoam, sang this song. When the princes in Israel take the lead, when the people willingly offer themselves, praise the Lord. Hear this, you kings. Listen, you rulers. I, even I, will sing to the Lord. I will praise the Lord, the God of Israel, in song. And so this is a song of praise, right? Mm. It got me thinking, there are very few songs, apart from the Psalms, like in the narratives, there are very few songs that we get in the Christian scriptures. And so Mm. you think about uh, the song of Moses in Exodus 15, uh, after the crossing of the Red Sea. Um, That was... We will, we will <laughs> cross you. <laughs> that's, that's the pip. That, that's what you've learned from Hebrew yeah, now, right? Yeah, that's really yeah, the translation. That's, that's that's it. They really, uh, you know, embellished it. <laughs> well, you got Exodus 15. Here you got Judges 5. You got 1 Samuel chapter 2, which is like uh, Hannah's song after um, she uh, receives um, a child. Um, Am I misremembering? Yeah, that's right. When she receives a child um, who ends up being Samuel. Anyway, there are very few songs uh, in the Christian, uh, in, the, in the scriptures. Mm. So it, it, it's a monumental and momentous event. Mm. Like it's, it's a big thing. I guess I just wanted to highlight that, yeah, when that, that songs aren't seen as uh, fickle, uh, unimportant. But actually, our scriptures are filled with music, and and, and it's always um, in in some moment of of God's kindness and grace and salvation in mm. some Even with Hannah, like Hannah speaks about like how God has rescued her from her situation and her plight. Yeah. Anyway, those I just wanted to, to comment on on that and say that it, it struck me as I'm reading Judges right now, uh, this song of Deborah. Yeah, nice. And uh, in as the New Testament starts. You get two songs yes. pretty early on. Yes, Elizabeth we do. and Mary. Yes. They both sing a song. And, and there's another song, isn't there? It's not just Elizabeth and Mary. I forgot the guy's name off the top of my head. Yeah, so Luke chapter 1, we've got Mary's song. Is it Elizabeth's song? Oh, no, it's, it's Zechariah's song. That's what it is. Oh, okay. Unless there is an Elizabeth song that I'm missing here. Well, there's, there's a Mary song, right? There is, yes. Yeah. The Magnificat. Yes. Right. Luke chapter 1. 46 to 56. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's Zachariah's about song. God's as saviour in, in Luke chapter 1. And then Zechariah's song, mm. uh, 67 to 68. His father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed mm. them. So it seems like the songs of scripture are... Um, that they break out in, in the narratives, at least, in response to the saving acts of God. Yeah, nice. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Awesome. Those Thanks are some thoughts. That's awesome. What about you? What have you been reading, my friend? Um, I don't know if you've had this experience, but sometimes you get given a passage uh, to do like a talk on, mm-hmm. but it's in like three months. Oh, yeah. And so, like, you kind of just like, oh, like, you'd be listening to a sermon or you'd be in class or something, <laughs> and you're like, I just want to flick to it just to read it like again, <laughs> and you keep and and the danger is that you overwork it and you come up with you know wacky ideas that aren't even there. Now, Pip, you sound like 
this is not just a hypothetical situation. No, this is, this is okay. happening. Because, um, yeah, I've been put down for an evangelistic talk at Penrith and the passage that I've been kind of reading over is Ephesians 2, 1 to 10, mm. a classic um, kind of passage to use for evangelistic talks. Um, so I might just read it. If Please. That's okay. Ephesians 2, 1 to 10 um, says this. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This is a fantastic passage. But as I kind of like, you know, trying to take a step back and get the big picture, it's a very strange thing that's happening. And I kind of, uh, you know, one one of the ways to kind of think about the first few verses is, it's like the opposite of a eulogy, you know. So when someone dies, Mm -hmm. you get someone who kind of talks about, you know, they were alive and then they're dead, and then you get someone to talk to a bunch of people about what they were like when they were alive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Here, you've got a a bunch of people who were dead Mm. and are now alive, and a guy's talking to them about, what they were like when they were dead. Mm. It's like the opposite of a eulogy. Yes. And it's, I mean, we use this, uh, I've heard you use this kind of formulation of sin, the, the, the presence of sin, mm. um, the power of sin, yes, the yes, penalty yes. of sin, and you would talk about the pain of sin as yes, well. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but we, we see all those three things here. So, um, uh, uh, you were dead in your transgressions and sin. Mm. We get a sense there of the, I guess, the, power of sin yeah, it's yeah, yeah. power in, in, in making us yes. dead and not alive um, the presence of sin in which you when you followed the ways of this world the rule of the kingdom of the air um, mm-hmm. uh, we get the, the spirit who's now so sin is all around us mm. and then he and then he says like all of us were like them at one time gratifying the our desires yes. practice of sin that's right, right. so it's, it's so sin's all around us sin is in us um, and the penalty, like yes. the rest, we were by nature deserving of hey, wrath. There you go. So you get p words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something I might use that kind of um, kind of way of explaining sure, that. Sure. Yes. Um, but then verse four, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. And this is yeah, kind of the 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 thing that you know should blow people's minds mm. it's because of god's great love for us not because of our great love for god not because mm. of our um diligence in following him yes. it's god's great love that saves us um but what you see is on, on each of the presence the power the penalty those things are reversed yes right so 
um, made us alive. Mm. That's the power of grace. Yes. Um, you, you have um, a, a relocation. God raised us up with Christ and mm. seated us in the heavenly realms. Mm. So the presence of sin is no more, although we still experience it while bodily we yes. live. You know, it's an elevated state, isn't that's it? Right, yeah. That's right, that's um, right. And... Uh, so that's the power, the presence, and the penalty of sin um, is, is done away with uh, as well. Uh, it's by grace you've been saved. Mm, there you saved go. from the wrath. So yes. I'm just trying to like unpack this passage, which I am like quite familiar with, and you know, I've heard this passage many times. But I think mm. is when you come to a passage like this, it's always good to stop and, and uh, I guess what I'm trying to do now is think how to communicate this. Yes in a way that's compelling mm. to a non-Christian audience. Yeah, nice. Because, I mean, the other thing is there's a lot of weird things going on here, like talking about Satan, mm. you know, as, as one of the kind of factors of us being dead in sin is that we, we actually follow the ruler of the kingdom of the air of this world, mm. you know, Satan, and just trying to unpack that yeah. in a way that's kind of accessible and, you know... Yeah. There Do you have any, any thoughts you want to add to this? Oh, I love it. I feel like in response to this, we should be singing. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's the right response to, to uh, dwelling on the God who saves. Yeah, totally. Um, I think there's uh, the, so many things that you shared are really, really great. There's an aspect to this passage that I think has made it tricky for me to preach on it. Mm. Just because there's, a, there's another layer that I know is here. Yes. Um, and it's the in Christ Jesus aspect, right. which is crucial. So you notice how verse 5, it says we've been made us alive with Christ. Mm. Verse 6, um, raised us up with Christ, yes. seated with um, him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Mm. Verse 7, uh, incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Mm. Um, verse 10, we are God's hand and work created in Christ Jesus. Yes. And part of that actually comes because I think the way that the argument works mm. has been cut by Paul. Excuse me, not cut by Paul. My bad. <laughs> cut by whoever put these chapters and verse numbers yeah, in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hundreds of years ago. Yes. Because take a look at chapter 1, verses uh, 19 Notice how that power is mm. the same as the mighty strength, verse 20, he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Mm. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Mm. So what's actually happened in, in Paul's letter is that in chapter 1, he's saying that God has you know, incomparably great power. Mm. This power raised Jesus from the dead and seated him in the heavenly realms. Mm. And then he says, this is the same power out of his love that takes you who are dead and raises you up in the heavenly realms. Mm. So it's like what happens to Jesus happens to us. Yeah, yeah. And so that's the dimension as well that I think it just complicates it because if you want if, if to preach this like comprehensively, which mm. you may not always want to do with an evangelistic talk. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I want to stick to kind of 20, 20 minutes. Yeah, that's really. right. Yeah. That's right. Well, if you wanted to do it comprehensively, you can't get around that not only is it by God's great love that we're saved, but it's actually by God's great love that 
that now our destiny is is tied to Jesus's destiny. Mm. He ha- he was dead and has been raised to elevation. We were dead and have been raised with him into elevation. Yeah, nice. So and I think that that's just so yes. mind-blowingly remarkable. Yeah. But how do you get that across? To someone like yeah, you talk totally. about union with Jesus as part of your evangelistic yeah, talk. Yeah, I think what I mean one of the things I've been wrestling with is what does it mean that we we have been raised up with Christ? Yeah, because I mean uh, it's easy enough to say well it's it's hard to convince people, but it's easy enough to say Jesus rose physically and he went physically like he's physically in heaven. Yeah, this other place. We when we die we will one day rise physically. We'll be. But what does it mean that spiritually speaking mm. we're dead? Mm-hmm. We can be made alive by, through faith in Jesus. Yes. And we can be raised into the heavenly realms, spiritually speaking. Yes. yes. You know, that's another element to talk about as well. Yeah. No, so. that, that's, that's a big thorny set of issues as well. But yeah. at least part of it is, I think, that aspect of our, ourselves being tied to Jesus mm. um, spiritually. Mm. I think that's part of it as well. And it, it fits into part of what Ephesians is trying to say about what it means to be the gathered people in Christ, the church. Mm. Anyway, but I'm really excited about this. Three months yeah. away? Uh, it's something like that, yes. Is this for Sunday sermon? Is this for youth This group? is a Sunday. Yeah, Love Sunday it. service. Yeah. How exciting. You're doing Ephesians in term two? Uh, yes. No, I think, I actually think this is a one-off. Oh, one-off. Yeah. Okay. Because we'll be doing Ephesians in oh, term two. Oh, there you go. Cool. That's right, Raj. Our new senior minister will be coming here at St. Nice. Paul's. He's going to be preaching through the book of Ephesians. There you go. Very That's excited. How good. Yeah, how great. Let's do an ad from one of our sponsors. <laughs> Who should we do this week? This week, we're going to be doing an ad from the Accordance Bible Software. Okay. Are you using Accordance? I'm not using, are you using Logos. I'm not using Logos. Okay. So, are you using, I'm using any... the I'm using the Moore College Library. Ah, nice. With my login and yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's it. All right, so maybe we shouldn't do it then because you're not familiar with. I, I know enough about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Let's go Accordance. Okay. okay. You ready? Yes. Are you sick and tired of bringing your books with you to your classroom? Do you hate physical things? (laughs) (laughs) I can't even keep going. (laughs) Do you want to replace your consumerism in the world with consumerism of Christian books that you'll never actually read? That's right. Do you want to be able to tell people you have accordance? (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to stick it to Logos Bible software? (laughs) That's right. Uh... Order now. Recorded Bible software. Uh, and that's the yeah, ad. That's the that, yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. even... Yeah, that's it. To be fair, listeners, Logos is a great bit of software. Accordance mm. is great as well. Yeah. I use Accordance personally. Yeah. So there you go. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I think eventually I will. I've, I've, tr- I've tried to start reading some e-books yeah, that nice. more, more college kind of have. Because I'm like, you know, I can access them on my computer easily. But part of me is like, uh, like, you got to kind of... The, it's the the weird lighting on the laptop. Yeah, sure. And you know, and it, it strains the eyes. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I think I think the most valuable thing for me with regard to accordance is just the, all the commentaries. So you can buy these packages of commentaries, mm-hmm. and you just don't you don't have to have all the books on your um yeah, on yeah. your shelf. Yeah. I, there's a part of me that still wants the physical books to to be able to read individually, but when it comes to commentaries, when you're like, okay, I want every book of the Bible, it's commentary. I want a set. 
it's useful to just have all that mm. digital. Yeah, sure. Anyway, sure. but yeah, there you go. That's it. That's it. Cool. Um, now, what, what 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 do you want to do now? Do you want to play Guess Who? Let's play Guess Who. Let's play Guess Who. Yes. I've got a character for you today. Okay. Pip Witheridge. Okay. Listeners, you can consider playing along with our twenty questions. Guess Who? Pip today is going to be guessing. Okay, so when got, you're ready. I've got twenty questions. Here yes. we go. Question Let's number one. Did this person die for my sin? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> um, okay, does this, does this person... That's question number one. Uh, does this person appear in the New Testament? No. Okay. Um, does this person appear in the first five books of the Bible? No. Does this person appear um, in the uh, prophetic books, in the prophets? So when you say the prophetic books, do you mean like the, the major prophets and the minor prophets? Yes. No. Okay. Um, did this person live... Uh, Pre-exile. Yes. How, how many? Five. Five, five. Okay. Five. You're good. You've got 15 left. This is, okay. You're doing well. You're uh, narrowing it down. Um, okay. Did this person uh, have a position of authority? Uh, uh, was this... Okay, let me... Uh, was this person a king? Yes. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um... Was this king uh, pre-kingdom um, split? Yes. Okay. You got it. Like, you're pretty much yeah, there. Yeah. You're pretty much I want to, like... I don't want to, like... Um, was this person... Okay, here we go. Um, was this person deemed... Oh... Like, in a positive light. No. After the death. No. Um, was it King Saul? Yeah! yeah. Nine questions. Nice. Good work. Well, you did it. There was a part of me that was like, oh, he's getting it so quickly. Maybe I can change yeah, the character yeah, in yeah. my mind. But you do it. You do Next not. week, I'm going to have like an obscure one. Oh, yeah? Okay. So I, we got to ramp up the difficulty. Of yeah. It. Yeah. Cool. Maybe, maybe in the... Coming weeks, we will do not just a character, we'll do a, a concept or a place or something. Concept's hard, though. Yeah, well, how what would you do Because what, what, the power of Guess Who is like, it's like a, pers- a person that's pretty like... That's true. Maybe we could do books of the Bible, but I reckon yeah. actually, let's stick with person for a while. Yeah, let's stick with person. Yeah, sure, yeah. let's do that. Yeah. I, think, I think in concept, I was thinking about like, okay, so here's, here's how I could see it going, right? You go, the concept of sin. So you go, all right, so is this... A good concept. Actually, now you're getting into your questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay, never mind. <laughs> um, I want to share a ministry principle. Yeah, please. Um, so each week we've been sharing ministry principles, something that we've learned kind of in the midst of ministry um, that could be helpful if you're involved in ministry to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one I want to share today is a pretty commonly said one. Um, but in practice, sometimes it can be a bit hit and miss. Mm-hmm. And that is taking um, as many opportunities as you can 
particularly in a team context, mm. to state um, the purpose of your ministry. Mm. Uh, having a purpose-driven ministry, I guess you could you could say. Um, I think it's it can be quite demoralizing turning up to a team meeting and you get straight into okay, who's doing what? What's the roster for this term? Mm. Um, rather than actually, the leader should uh, say, how does our ministry connect in with the church? And how does the church, like, what is, is the church on about Jesus? Like, what are we actually trying to do at the end of the day? And so, for example, um, you know, I'll give you a ministry that I haven't been heavily involved in just as an example. So, mm-hmm. um, if you're on kind of a kitchen team and you're serving tea and coffee after mm-hmm. service, yeah. when you kind of, you know, maybe you do a team meeting, uh, maybe you should probably do a team meeting every, you know, if not every week, maybe once every while. Mm. Um, and the leader should probably say something like, by providing tea and coffee, um, it might seem like a small thing, but what it does is it helps um, people feel relaxed, feel comfortable. Um, it's a way of loving and serving people to, to provide them sustenance to, to kind of, mm. you know. Um, but tea and coffee and biscuits and things like that, um, you know, they... they they help facilitate, I guess, conversations. They, they uh, provide an incentive for people to stick around. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, so, you know, one of the great byproducts of serving tea and coffee is you grow people in their relationship, you help to grow people in the relationships with others mm. by, by facilitating a context where that's more conducive or mm. likely to happen. Yeah. If there's nice tea, if there's really nice coffee, mm-hmm. if the biscuits are nice, if they're served in a way that's, COVID safe at the moment if they're served in a way that's easy to get to and you know Mm. um, that can be really helpful for people to want to stick around and enjoy conversations and grow in a relationship with one another to love serve one another that brings glory to God Mm. ultimately when his when his people are enjoying each other and loving each other just as Christ loved us Mm. uh, you know that's an opportunity for them as well to speak and reflect on the gospel and their salvation together. Hmm. So something as simple as tea and coffee, connecting the dots from the week in, week out, you know, logistics to what's the big goal? Hmm. You know, what's the big goal? Yeah, so, nice. Um, yeah, that's just one example. But a ministry principle, always connect the dots between what you're doing week in, week out and the big goal yes. of your, your ministry and how it connects in with the rest of the church and communicate that regularly yes. with, with your team. Yeah. Your team leader. yeah. Nice. So it's almost a make sure you're talking about the why, not just the what. Yes, exactly. Mm. exactly. And that's applicable, not like even if you're not in ministry, like to be able to share all the time, like why, let's remember why we're actually doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think that process of connecting the dots and not just saying, you know, let's do this to the glory of God. Because mm. that's quite vague. Yeah. That can be quite abstract in people's minds. But connecting the dots and saying, how does this particular ministry glorify God? Mm. How does this actually help love people, um, whether they're an insider, whether they're an outsider? You know, mm. tea and coffee can, you know, yes. help an outsider to feel at home as well. Yes. Um, so talking all about all the byproducts, all the kind of reasons why your ministry is worthwhile. Mm. Um, and doing that regularly and reminding people of it. Um, all too often, you know, you, you've been involved in a ministry for years and years and years, and mm. you rock up to a meeting and it's like, look, we all know what's going on. Let's just plan it. Let, you know, yeah. Let's do the what, who, when, mm. um, how, 
and you know if that happens over and over again people mm. forget the why am i here in the yes. first place i feel like that's something that you must have really struck like had had grow in you in the last two years because i feel like you're very much a, all right let's make this meeting as short as it needs to yeah, be. yeah that's right and i i'm not a big fan of meetings and i'm not a big fan of uh time mm. wastage like yes. just you know and it's it's something that I need to repent of is is giving people grace when they're speaking and not saying okay get to the point get to the point <laughs> in my mind, um, but yeah that is it's it's super valuable it's not time wasted mm. to talk about why you're doing what you're doing yeah you know I was just thinking about the fact that um, uh, so pragmatism the uh, the only American homegrown philosophy pragmatism it's actually a philosoph- philosophical movement part of the big thing that surrounds it and you know not going to go into all of the details but it's really do what works mm. or focus on the what the why is secondary mm. um and in fact a lot of that undergirds um like bottom line thinking mm. it's like look i don't really care about the why yeah. what matters is get it done yeah, just, yeah what i care about is the bottom line yeah but in ministry um, and also just in terms of loving people i f- feel like this reminder of what you're sharing is and actually, we care not just about the what, but the why and the how. Yes. Um, in yeah. fact, this is what can totally make a difference between whether you're seeking to be justified by faith or justified by works. Mm. I was just chatting with one of our new apprentices this year about Colossians chapter 2. <clears throat> just open up to sure. it. Because we are the Bible boys. We are the Bible boys. Colossians chapter 2. Um, it's interesting in that in verses 20 to 23... So Paul writes, since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of the world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules, which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use, are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, a body, Body. <laughs> Body. But they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. And so one of the things that I was chatting uh, with him about was um, that you could take this to then mean, oh, okay, so there are no moral duties that we have, no cause to love and serve each other, no cause to restraint. But really what Paul is doing here is he's rebuking people who would do these things because they think that that's where spiritual fullness is found. Or they think that that's what's going to get them close to God. Mm. And so what's going on there is it's the reason why they're doing it. Mm. The reason is the thing that undergirds the, the, the problem here in that there's a self-justification. There's a seeking spiritual fullness yeah. by doing these things. Yeah. Whereas what you want to say to people is, no, actually do love each other, do follow particular obligations. But it actually comes out of realizing that you do it to honor God, mm. not because you think it's going to bring you close to God. Mm. The fullness is found in Christ, mm. for example. Yes. Um, and uh, for example, that sorry, it's not a, for example. You you the fullness is found in Christ, mm. but this is an example of where the why matters, mm. not just the what. Yeah. As well, I think what you're saying that can be so helpful. It is so helpful because we can get into rhythms and routines and think that I'm just doing this to 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 uh, satisfy whoever the team leader is. I'm mm. doing this out of begrudging obligation. Yeah. I'm doing this because I think God will like me more. But yeah. the why matters. Yeah, totally. So that's a that's a ministry principle, but it's also just a life principle as a Christian. Yes. yes. You know, 
as you read your Bible, as you pray, as you like put together your calendar, as you decide what uni course you want to do, as yeah. you decide, you know, what work you want to do with your time or, you know, mm-hmm. where you want to live, all those sorts of things. Asking why mm-hmm. along those, you know, steps will help you to make decisions that glorify yeah. God. That's right. Yeah. And we need to avoid to like falling into the pragmatist mindset, which is that why never matters. Mm. All that matters is the bottom line. Mm. It can be so easy for us to do that. Yes. 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 I would like to talk about pragmatism. Let's do it. Let's do it now. Okay. Let's do it. Here's my little hot take on pragmatism. Pragmatism. Go for it. Um, Okay. Pragmatism. How would you define pragmatism? Pragmatism is an American philosophy that basically says that um, uh, do what works um, but more, more significantly, um, so I'll give you the technical yeah, sure, aspect sure. here. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's actually, pragmatism is, is a, uh, an evolution of existentialism, mm. which basically says that existence comes before essence. So in other words, your personal experience of things is more important than trying to work out what is the ultimate uh, way of defining these things. Mm. So existentialism was was a reaction against certain kinds of analytic philosophy where people are like, let's talk about what it means to be a human. Yeah, sure. Or let's talk about the essence of God and what is it what is what is objects and like mm. talking about the essence of things, existentialism said, look, the way we define things is through our experiences. Mm. So experience precedes essence. Right. Yes. Pragmatism basically takes it to the extent of saying, well, practicality yeah. and functionality yeah. precedes essence. Yes. Don't worry so much about what is the best way to do this. Don't worry about what's the moral way to do this. Don't worry about the, 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 um, the ultimate way to do this. Functionality and getting it done. That's so, how you okay. know what, work, what the right thing to do is. All right. Because like... Um, What's the difference between pragmatism then mm-hmm. and like an ends justifies the means? Yeah, so ends justify the means is, the, is a consequentialist way of thinking about what is moral. So is lying moral? Well, it depends on what it achieves, right? So if a person, if, if you were in Nazi Germany and you were hiding um, some Jews in your home and a Nazi came and knocked on your door and said, do you have any Jews here? Lying in that instance is moral because what it does is it saves the people. Yeah, sure, that, sure. That's the end. The ends justify the means. So yeah. that's a consequentialism, which is a was an ethical theory. Yeah, yeah. Pragmatism is uh, is related to that in that it's it's it it can be seen as a form of consequentialism, where it's like well whatever is the right thing to do is just whatever whatever works. Yeah. Whatever works for you. Sure. Um, is it possible to be... Because, okay, I guess what I'm angling at... Yes. Sorry, is, I just went full no, 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 into no, 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 that, that, that's good, philosophy. That's good. that's good. I guess what I'm thinking of is, like, in pragmatism, can, can like, you know, what's your end point and doing what works to get to that end point seems like a fairly decent uh, way of doing things. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it all depends on what your end point is. So say, mm-hmm. if my end point is, um, I want to love people and love God mm-hmm. and, and help people to stay in the faith by being of encouragement to them, mm-hmm. that's, I've picked that end point. Mm-hmm. Now, 
doing whatever works to get to that point is it only ever going to be what the Bible says is how you, is how you do that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if I, you know, if I start to do things, you know, uh, stop preaching the gospel and, and make church just a fun place to be and get lots of people in the building, mm-hmm. it's not that I'm being pragmatic. I've just picked a, my, I've moved my goal. Mm-hmm. I've moved my endpoint. Yes. So I guess what I'm saying is like, can you say pragmatism is good so long as you pick your end goal very accurately and biblically? Yeah, I think so. One thing worth saying there is being a pragmatist in terms of pragmatism yes. and being pragmatic, yeah. two different things. Okay, so being pragmatic is like having some of the characteristics of a... you know. Yeah, that's right. So as soon as something becomes an ism, yes. it's more than just a way of doing things. Right. It becomes your dominating philosophy. Yeah. Right? So we are individuals, yeah. right? And we should do things individually. Yeah. But to say that we need to be individualists yes. or we adopt individualism yes. in everything we do, that's different. Yeah. So we're, I, we're comedic, <laughs> but we're not comedians. I think anyone would call us comedians. That's right. That's, really, yeah. that's, right. that's right. You may be. I feel like you could have been a stand up comic. It may be another life. That's right. That's right. Um, but so it's not saying. I think it's important to say we're not saying prag- being pragmatic is wrong. Yeah. The problem is pragmatism as a philosophy right, okay. basically says what is moral, what is the, what is the ethical thing to do, uh, what, is the, what, what defines ultimate reality mm. is just whatever works. So, this is, so where that comes is like, let me sure, make sure, that concrete sure. for you, right? Yeah. What, what makes it concrete may be... Um, uh, you're, you're in a company and uh, your manager has said, here's the, the kind of projections we have. You need to meet this, mm. right? And then you meet it and then the boss is like, cool. And then the employee goes, uh, but I had to do... It's like, no, 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 I don't care. I don't care. I don't care what you had to do. What, what matters to me is that you got it done. Right. And you, you got the job done. And right. so good. You did, you did the right thing. I'm just trying to think of a scenario where it's like, God's like, go make disciples of... You yeah, know, all nations, or he says, you know, love, love one another. Yes. Um, if you do that successfully, can you get to God? And 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 he, and you're like, oh, but I had to do, and he's like, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> do you do you know what I mean? Like the things that you have to do to achieve that good goal yeah, yeah, are yeah. gonna be good in themselves. Well, so. I mean, this is a part of Matthew seven, right? Where um, where uh, Jesus talks about the person who's be like, Lord, Lord, did I not do all these many things in your name? It's mm. just apart from me, I never knew you. Yeah. So there's a sense in which I think ultimately, if mm. you're going to define things the way God sees it, yeah, like you could, you could be a pragmatist in one way. Yes. But like where the rubber hits the road in some sense is thinking about seeker sensitive movement in America, where mm. it basically became, how do you get people into church? Right. And then all these things were compromised all these things were changed yeah. because it's what worked in yeah, getting people yeah. into church. Yes, and but the but the, I guess my point would be the goal was how do we get people into church? Yes, which is not the goal. Like the goal is not to get people in the building physically. Yeah, that's like, you know. Yeah. So this is where some people will call themselves principled pragmatists. Yeah, yeah. Where they're like, I'll be pragmatic. I was, I'll be a pragmatist. But the way in which I define the goals and the means are all based on what God tells us from his word yeah, and principles. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's fascinating to, to actually realize that there is a whole body of literature about mm. pragmatism mm. from America. 
and it so and and, it, and you see it manifest in a few ways so for example apple right um apple has patents for technological developments like new things years in advance mm. you know apple had the um uh wireless recharging mm. like they they had that for about, I think it was four or five years before they included it in their films. Mm. And you go, why didn't they do that? Well, because there was no financial reason to do so. Right. Absolutely right. no financial reason to do so. Because from their bottom line, they were making huge profits. Yeah. They didn't need to include this innovation because the product still sold. Right. Yeah. Right. Now you might say, well, how's that pragmatism? Well, part of it is to say, well, what was the, what was, it's related to consumerism here, mm. but why didn't they introduce this technological development when they could? Now, you might say it's because of the cost and whatnot, but Samsung then introduced it in their phones, mm, mm. and their phones are still cheaper mm. than Apple iPhones. Yeah. And it's when a competing brand brought in this technological development, they're like, all right, cool, we should do it as well. Mm. And so in that instance, this is, this is, Apple very much has a do what works, their bottom line is what matters. Like, is this the right? Is it the right time now to introduce this technological development? Yeah. If if what we're doing work, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm. That is very much a pragmatist yeah, way of thinking yeah. of things. Yeah. You know what's a technological innovation that I'm not a big fan of? What? Styluses. Styluses. They never like. I've never used a stylus. Uh, yeah. You know. Changing, <laughs> changing the topic completely. I think we right. talked enough. So I got really amped uh, up I, there. I, I, love, I, I love it. But let me just talk about the stylus. Right? Please talk to me about the stylus. I've never once picked up a stylus, yes. gone to use it, and been like, hmm, this works. <laughs> really? I've never used a stylus and been like, this is, this is exactly what I wanted it to do. Okay. It's never been that smooth. Okay. There you go. And I think Steve Jobs said that once when he said, no one wants a stylus. That's why... You've got your... You've got, everyone's got a stylus. Yeah, yeah, it's your finger. But the newer iPads mm. do have stylus. I think Steve, oh, do they? Steve Jobs would be, you know, rolling in his... The new iPads have... I mean, I know they have Apple Pencils, but... Yeah. I've got an Apple Pencil, first gen one. Yeah. It works pretty well. No, no, no. No? I mean, that's a stylus, right? That's essentially... It's essentially a stylus. Yeah. Yeah. No. Anyway. Apple Pencil. Apple Pencil. <laughs> hey, speaking of technical... Tech, Speaking of technological developments, uh, can I just share with you an, an idea that I had during the week? Of course you an can. An invention. Go for it, okay? It's I have a, something I want to talk about. Okay. I also want to ask how college was this week, but you go. Sure, sure. Go for just uh, humor me for this, all right? It's a piece of biotech. All right. Oh, so it's going to go in you. No, it's not going to. No, it's not going to go in you. No, no, no. It could be a watch. It could be something. But I was talking to this person during the week who has experience in uh, the truck driving industry. Sure. And he said... Um, truck drivers need to log their hours and if they get pulled over police they can be fined for going over a certain amount of hours because by law mm. you know unions have fought to kind of create set um, you know boundaries of how so much so they don't have to work. drive for too long in that's right yeah. and, and not, they're, uh, they're not allowed to oh they're not allowed right? to yeah right gotcha. um, as a kind of protection measure <laughs> yes he said that this really frustrates a lot of drivers because sometimes the, the, like some people can just go and they just want to power through that next three hours mm -hmm. he also said sometimes you're like 40 minutes away from like a really good rest stop mm. and you've got to stop at like a uh, like a bad rest like how long do you have to do you know how long they have to wait there for uh like a couple of hours what? i think yeah wow. it's like an hour or something like yeah. an hour break or something like that um 
But he's, and he says, so like the, the issue is that everyone's body is different yes. and responds to stress and driving differently. And I thought, why not have some kind of biotech that measures fatigue? Right. And so if the police pull you over, they do like, a, it's like a breathalyzer, but mm. for fatigue, there's a, I don't know if there's a way to test yes. fatigue. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If there's a kind of a neurological yes. way to just be like, oh yes, you're X amount tired or, yes. you know. Yes. And it would be different, like, you know, it should be different for each person, you'd think. Yeah, that's right. Ah, yeah. oh, there you go. So there's my biotech. I would call it a um, fatigue me- measurement device, an <laughs> FMD. Fatigue measurement device, FMD. Yeah. There you go. So I like it. Do you like it? I, I do. I think that it would be amazing if we could actually measure our fatigue. Yes. But here's my concern now, yes. right? Like... Where do you stop, Pip? Mm. Right? You know, you've got the person who's pulled an all-nighter trying to finish their assignment. Yeah. They go to the shoot the next day. Does everyone get scanned ah, with the FMD before yes. they go in? And then the, the Trudeau clearly knows yes. that James did not sleep the night before. Yeah. And so even though James is here physically, yes. participation mark in the yes. shoot, mentally, he's, he's off in the clouds. Yeah. And that'll create a vicious feedback loop yes. where the good students who do their exam who do their assignments weeks earlier yes. will feel so nervous the night before the, the assignment's due because they're like I need to get a good night's sleep because if I for some reason don't I'm going to yes. get tested and it's going to look like I did the night before and that's right and, and yeah there oh man go. so where does it end Pip? Oh, that's a good point <laughs> uh, cancelled <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the Tower of Babel all over yeah, that's again right. Pip Technology. It's, uh, you know, Icarus flying too close to the sun, getting burnt. That's it. That's it. Um, that was Icarus, right? I think it was Icarus. That's right. I think I remember it because there's a Nintendo character called Pit, who is Kid Icarus. Kid Icarus. Who can fly. Ah. Anyway. There you go. There you so, go. What, what was on your mind? I want to talk about dessert. Okay. I want to talk about dessert. Are you a big dessert person? Uh, I... Am I I like donuts? Okay. Is that, is that a dessert? I'm not a big, Well, this is my question. Sorry, you go. I'm you not go. a big ice cream person. Not a big ice cream person. I love cake, but it's got to be the right cake. There are some cakes that yes. I don't like. Other people find them appetizing. I'm like, no thanks. Okay. Now, here's yeah. what I want to ask you first. Yeah. First, there's a two part question. Yeah. What is what constitutes morning tea, and how is that different from afternoon tea? What's the difference between morning tea and afternoon tea? Morning tea. There's definitely a coffee option. Okay. Whereas afternoon tea, not necessarily. Cup of tea. Right, because it might be too late in the day. That's right. People have the coffee, they can't sleep at night. But morning tea, there's got to be a coffee option. Okay. Um, uh, I, I reckon you'd have more um, kind of croissants, more little pastries, mm-hmm. more little, you know, that kind of, you know, more carbs. Yes. That's the difference. More carbs. More carbs. More carbs in the morning, more yes. sugar in the afternoon. Interesting. Is that what you Little think? Little cakes yes. and... Because it's close to dessert yeah. time. Interesting. That's what I think. Okay, so here's my real question. Yes. Can you have morning tea food for dinner dessert? Okay? Can I, you have morning tea food for dinner dessert? I've done it. You've done it? Yes. Give me one example. Oh, yeah. What did you do yesterday? I had some donuts for <laughs> dinner. <laughs> so you'd have donuts for morning tea and then you'd have it for dinner. Yeah. As dinner well, dessert. I, I had it with dinner. I had it with dinner. Because <laughs> sometimes you have like... Yeah. I like a, I have like a ham and cheese toasty thing. 
Hi, Sam hey. Russell. Welcome. Welcome to the Bible Boys. Hey, Sam, you got to come and just duck your head in. I just want to Hi. 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 Scones uh, yes. are, are like a, a morning tea sort of thing. Yes. Sugary. Yes. Carby. Mm. Right? Could you have scones for dessert? Scones for dessert? Oh, I think so. You think so? I think so. Yeah. I think it's the scone is... Um, <laughs> how can I put this? Uh, the scone is the most ambidextrous <laughs> of the pastries. Um, is scone a pastry? I don't... <laughs> I don't think a scone is a pastry. What is pastry? <laughs> That's a question. What is pastry? Alright, well, I'm showing my ignorance now. but yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so you think you could have scones for dessert? Yes, totally. I, I think so. Mm. I mean, I think... You can have anything many... for dessert. That's true. I have Fruit Loops for dessert. Sometimes. That being said, you and Surf could have Fruit Loops for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Yeah, that's true. That's yes, right. we, could, we could. So maybe I'm asking the wrong person. Here. You know what I thought about this the other day? I thought, if you have a kid, yes. you have to eat decently. Because you, you're going to, like, you know, they're going to have the same dinner as you are, probably. Yes. And you don't want to just feed your kid junk. You know, I was thinking about something similar the other day, which is that the way that you joke... Um, with your friends yes. or the way that you joke with your spouse yes. you need to think about what that does to a kid being in that environment yeah. so I know a couple who like they one of their ways of expressing affection for each other mm. is like trying to tease each other right. and sort of put put down like affectionate put down yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's the sort of thing where if you didn't know them and you heard them you'd be like whoa they're really mean to each mm, other yeah. and I was thinking if if they if you know they have a kid in the home They'd be like, wow, mommy and daddy are always so mean to each other. Mm. Like, that could do things to them. Yeah. So, not yeah. just the food, but the joking as well. Yeah. There you go. But if you have parents that are too polite to each other, mm. you have kids that are too polite. <laughs> so, you can't win. You can't win. <laughs> you can't Here's win. a joke, if it is. Yeah. What do, you call don't, what do you call cookies made by John Piper? What? Pasta bake. Yes. Anyway, um, uh, what have you been doing at college this week, Pip? A theological student. I've been memorizing. Yes. Na- people's names. Yes. And Greek uh, tables. Did you see Tony? Who yes. we mentioned last week? He commented on Instagram. He's like, "You got a shout out." Hey, Tony. He's another shout out. Here's another shout out to you, Tony. Right, comment again <laughs> for another shout out. We'll just keep going. Tony, we should just have Tony to- on the podcast. Tony should come. Tony. Tony should come. Oh man, that's right. Where does Tony live? Oh, we probably shouldn't say that on air. That's anyway. right. That's right. Um, um, but you've been learning names. You've been doing Greek. Doing a bit of Greek and yes. more cricket. Uh, and more cricket. Today we played some soccer. Nice. Which was excellent. I got very sweaty, so I had a shower before I came here. And um, but you know what? I'm really enjoying. I'm loving college. It's really great. Um, they've done a very good job at kind of orient orienting, mm-hmm. orientating. Don't know what the what introducing oh. you guys introducing to college. Yeah. So no, it's I think cool. orienting is the right yeah. word. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Great. Yes. And so next week your um official classes begin. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, so what what subjects are you doing? So I'm doing uh, Greek. Mm-hmm. I'm doing Hebrew. I'm doing um, uh, New Testament. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing it's like a um, Christian ministry mm-hmm. uh, subjects. 
Nice. Yes. They were all the, they're all the, the, the core. Yeah, right. So you had no choice. In well, they, they kind of say there's a bunch of electives that you can do. But mm. if you do Hebrew, mm. then it's just Hebrew plus the core subjects. Yeah, right. So you yeah. can't do the electives if you do Hebrew. Yeah, that's right. There you go. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, looking forward to that. But the, uh, the wisdom that we've been given mm-hmm. is early on in college. For those of you thinking of maybe going to college, I guess it works for like... Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, the advice they gave was... Early on, invest in people and languages mm-hmm. because, you know, uh, like the other subjects, um, you know, if you do like a church history subject or you do like a, you know, a mission and ministry type subject, um, chances are you'll be able to kind of handle that mm-hmm. um, with kind of like a, a steady pace. But with Greek, you really want to front load and kind of get as far ahead as you can early on. So that's kind of what I'm trying yeah, to do. Yeah, there you go. Yes. And anything for you going on in your world? Mm-hmm. That you'd like to air on the pod. <laughs> so many things happening all the time. One of the things that I want to share is that um, Viv and I are in a new routine now. Okay. So if you think about it, last year, a lot of what we were doing was at home because of COVID. Yes. Right. So I'd be doing church work from home. Viv would be doing her um, ECU, so the the Christian group with the University of Sydney Health Science campus at home, and she also did some of her speech work at home. Excuse me. But uh, now she's back in person um, several days a week for speech pathology. Um, and then also she's going to be coming to college two days yeah, a week nice. for, to study as well. And so it's, it's, it's a time of transition where we're trying to set up new routines yeah. and new rhythms and things like that. I think it just shows me, it reminds me of the importance of um, you, you need to be flexible and yet you also need to keep the main thing the main thing. Mm. So we had like a date night last night, which was wonderful. Um, and uh, yeah, we're trying to deliberately have time with family and whatnot. When all the schedule and stuff is going up in the air, if you don't keep the main things the main things, they just won't happen. Mm. So prioritizing time together, trying to learn these new rhythms. Yes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a new... And you guys are going through a new rhythm and cycle as yeah, well. Yeah, we have. We've, we've had to wake up like quite early so we've been waking up at like six o'clock for our 8 a.m yeah just, wow you know starts but my body clock i'm still like i'm always been a night owl yeah so man, you must be really tired then i'm pretty tired but i yeah so like you know i for some reason i just can't go to bed early i don't okay. know why yeah even like even going to waking up early i can't like i can't force myself yeah, to go to bed yeah. do you have like a wind down process yeah i do okay mainly well just like uh, watching a couple of YouTube videos, <laughs> watching soccer highlights. Yeah, nice. What about you? What's your one, man? Uh, reading all YouTube videos as well, yeah, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. I will say that the reading is far more effective because looking at a screen sure. sort of depends on what I'm watching. Yeah. Most of the time what I'm watching like is stuff that well, I'm like falling asleep when I'm, you know, yeah, I'm not yeah. watching like a video documentary or something. Yeah. When I'm, well, sometimes, like, you know, I'll be going to bed at, like, 11.30 or 12. Yes. And that'll blow out till 1. Because yeah, I'll wow. stumble across, like, this really interesting one-hour interview or something yeah, that's like right. that. You know what? That's what you and I have in common, like, big time. We'll go down a rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. And want to get to know something really well. Yeah. Like, the other night, it was, like, 12 o'clock. I was, like, last week's episode of The Bible Boys. <laughs> <laughs> so I just hit that, man. That's how I went part nine. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. That's it. Well, listeners, you can always email us at thebibleboys with a Z at gmail.com or you can follow us on Instagram, Bible underscore boys, mm. or you can be watching us on YouTube. Do we have a TikTok account? 
We do have a TikTok account. Uh, it's very inactive, but it's there for organic growth. Organic growth. <laughs> I love it. It's like, you know, a social media account is like a tree. Yeah. You know, sometimes okay. all you need to do is plant one seed and just leave it. Yes. And it'll grow by itself. Yes, yes. Sometimes yes. you have to plant hundreds of seeds. <laughs> For the tree to keep growing. I'm not sure if that's how trees... I don't know. To be honest, I don't know how trees work. That's all right. Okay. Maybe you will when you do some more theological education. Yes. I don't know how that works. Um, well, I think this stuff about trees and the Psalms. Oh, yes. So you'll learn more as you do more work in the Psalms. Yes. Or the, prov- the proverb, plant one seed, you get a tree for a day. <laughs> Teach a seed to be a tree. And you've got seeds for a lifetime. That's it. What is that, Proverbs 32 or something? Something yeah. like that. That's right. Um, last thing I wanted to do was to read out, uh, we got another review. Oh my goodness. On, From who? Um, Mere Mortals Media. Oh, uh, cool. Who uh, you interacted a bit with on Instagram, Yes. Anyway, so this is the review on uh, Apple Podcast. Five stars, funny banter. I should have been expecting a light-hearted podcast with a Z in the title. Yeah. Fair enough. You get it. James and Pip have a great banter between them, and I enjoyed seeing how they applied the Bible to observations of their own lives. Oh, that's excellent. There you go. Thank you, Me Models Podcast. There you go. Thanks, everyone. Uh, that's it for us for another week. Um, you can always follow us in all those things that we just said. Uh, but until next week, keep reading your Bible. And we'll see you... Next, Next week. week. See ya. Bye. 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 Okay.